Hello and welcome to Worship Night for November. Whether you're joining us on YouTube or Spotify, it's great to have you with us as we come into this time of worship. Well, it's still November, but Christmas advertising is already well and truly here. Everything surrounding us tells us that Christmas is about spending, self-indulgence and sentimentality. But Jesus lived a life of humility and sacrifice and came to show us what real love looks like. So as we prepare for the coming of the Advent season, I want to use this worship night to take us back to the root of what Advent really means and how that should impact our worship in the lead up to Christmas. Advent means a coming into place view or being or arrival. As Christians, we know this to be the coming into place view and being of God's kingdom here on earth and his plan for our salvation through the arrival of his son, Jesus, the living embodiment of our God. This worship night is based around a song called Arrival by Hillsong Worship. It's all about the coming of Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us. And honestly, I could just end this talk here, play the song and let the lyrics speak for themselves because they are such a beautiful and powerful depiction of the incarnation of Jesus and what that means for all humanity. It's the first song on the playlist, so please go and listen to it after this. Take time to meditate on the words and let them lead you in your worship. But first, let's dig a little deeper into this theme of arrival. Now, I don't know what kind of person you are when it comes to Christmas preparations or getting into the festive mood. If you're someone who starts their present shopping in September and has their Christmas playlist ready to go at the start of November, or if you have a strict not before the 1st of December policy for anything Christmas related, or if you'd rather the whole thing was just contained to one week of the year and even that might be a bit too much. But whether you love a good Christmas build-up or you absolutely dread it, one thing that struck me as I was preparing for this and thinking about Advent was that it's so much more than our modern calendars allow for. Advent is just one month in our year, but the original Advent didn't start with Gabriel telling Mary she was going to conceive the Son of God on the 1st of December and end with her giving birth in Bethlehem less than a month later. No, the first Advent was nine months in the making. Now, please don't think that by this I'm saying that we all need to start preparing for Christmas in March every year. But I do think that it's important to have it in mind at the start of Advent that for Mary and later Joseph, the wait for Jesus' arrival wasn't one month, it was nine. For Mary, it was nine months of unexpected changes to her body and hormones, nine months of whispers, stares and judgment from those around her as they gossiped about her pregnancy and disbelieved her version of events. Nine months of knowing that the baby growing inside her was no ordinary fetus, but the long-awaited Messiah, the Holy One of Israel, come to save the people from their sins. Because actually, the wait for Jesus didn't just start nine months before his birth, it started millennia before. 
One of my favourite Bible passages comes at the start of John's Gospel. It's a staple Advent reading showing us just how far back the origin of this waiting goes. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When John speaks of the beginning, he's not talking about the moment of creation or the start of time itself. He's speaking of eternity past, a beginning before time existed. Jesus, the word, has existed eternally as part of the Trinity from before the beginning even began. With his words, the universe was made. With his breath, the very first human being was filled with life. A man and woman formed by God and crowned with splendour as the pinnacle of his creation were faced with a choice. But they chose wrong and we've continued to choose wrong ever since. And with that, darkness came into the world. But with the darkness of sin and wrongdoing came promises of a light. God spoke to his people through the darkness of a light that wouldn't just shine on them, but on all humanity. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 2 to 7 is just one example of these promises spoken through the darkness. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing thunder. For, as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And there are so many more promises like this, over 300 prophecies over thousands of years, all pointing to the coming of the Messiah, God's anointed one, the light of the world who would redeem humankind through the eternal forgiveness of their sins. And the promised Messiah wasn't just going to be an ordinary man tasked with bearing all of the weight of humanity's salvation on his shoulders. No, 
the miracle and the wonder of what made the nine months leading up to that first advent so ground-shaking, world-shattering and life-altering is that it hailed the event that all of creation had been groaning for and anticipating since the dawn of time, the arrival of God himself in human form come to live among the very people he had formed from dust. Despite the darkness and carnage that we had engulfed ourselves in, ours is not a God who is going to revel in our misery or turn his back on us and leave us to wallow in the afterbirth of sin. Instead, the King of the universe, the eternal God, stepped from the infinite into the finite. The author climbed inside the page, the artisan inside the paint, the architect inside the plan. The maker made himself known. And he chose not to come as a fully formed, grown man, strong and able to defend himself, but as a vulnerable, defenceless baby coming into the world he had created through the mess of childbirth. Just take that in for a moment. That's what Advent is. Not catchy songs and colourful lights, not mince pies and mulled wine, not holly, mistletoe and the hope of snow. But the arrival of Jesus, fully God and fully human. Thousands of years of waiting in darkness, prophets and psalmists giving brief glimpses of the coming light, all culminating and gathering momentum in those final nine months. Until suddenly, a star in the east breaking the endless night, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And the same breath that breathed into Adam in the beginning to give him life now fills the tiny lungs of a newborn baby. The same voice that called creation into being now comes out as a baby's cry. But it's not the ordinary crying of a baby experiencing the world outside its mother's womb for the first time. No, this is a war cry announcing the beginning of the end of sin, death, sickness, poverty and injustice. Ready to deliver Jesus' manifesto for the new world order his birth ushers in. To be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted and new eyes for the blind and to preach to the prisoners, you are set free. To share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. And that same voice sounds the war cry again 33 years later on a rugged cross covered in blood and dirt with one final breath crying out, it is finished. And sin and the grave are forced to throw in the towel as God's mercy flows down as an unstoppable, raging flood. But we're getting ahead of ourselves there. So for now, let's return to Mary and Joseph in the final stages of their preparation for Jesus' birth. Eight months down, one month to go. Both of them knowing at this stage the calling on the child growing and shifting in Mary's womb. Gabriel's words echoing in their minds as they feel the weight of the responsibility of raising the one who their people have been waiting for for centuries. As if being first-time parents isn't stressful and terrifying enough. 
still dealing with the judgment of those around them for the circumstances of how their particular family came together and now facing the prospect of having to travel away from the familiarity and comfort of their hometown to register for a census dictated by their Roman oppressors, knowing that this will mean that Mary will be giving birth in an unknown place without her family there to support and guide her. In the month ahead of them, they will have to gather their belongings and head out on the trail to Bethlehem. Journeying roughly 90 miles with Mary's heavily pregnant condition, slowing their pace of travel to around 10 miles a day at most, without the help of a donkey for transport, contrary to popular belief. Along the flatlands of the Jordan River, then west over the hills surrounding Jerusalem and on into Bethlehem uphill and downhill and on uneven terrain, through driving rain and freezing nights, facing the danger of lions, bears and wild boars in the surrounding forests, and the threat of attack from bandits and robbers. But through it all, trusting in God for each next step, filled with the wonder that God has chosen them a carpenter and a teenage girl from a backwater town in occupied land to have starring roles in his masterpiece of grace. And the excitement and anticipation of knowing that soon it will all be over. Jesus will be born, they will be face to face with their maker and the world will never be the same again. So as we come into this Advent season, it might be that you are like Mary and Joseph, waiting in hope for the arrival of God's promise to you. But it might feel like you're stumbling along that dusty, bumpy road to Bethlehem, barely able to see the path ahead of you through the pouring rain and the cold seeping into your bones. If that's you, lift your head and look towards the fulfilment of God's ultimate promise, safely delivered, wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. As you use this time to worship, meditate on the journey that led to that arrival and fix your eyes on Jesus as the reminder that God always keeps his promises. Find strength as you continue to wait in the in-between that faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you mm, to mm. himself for your salvation. And he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you and protecting you as his own. Or it might be that you need to strip back the superficial layers that society has wrapped around Advent to obscure its true meaning and purpose. Remember the wonder of these words. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is God himself, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Fall to your knees in worship with the shepherds and the magi, remembering that the baby in the manger is the maker of the universe and time itself, the King of kings and Lord of lords, God Almighty in the flesh. 
the one who created your inmost being, who knit you together in your mother's womb and who has numbered the hairs on your head. The infinite, infant God. Let's pray. Jesus, as we prepare to enter Advent, we remind ourselves of the miracle of your arrival. We praise you that the years spent in darkness, waiting for your promise, have passed, and that we now live in the light of our salvation in Jesus. May we never lose sight of the wonder that you stepped into the world that you created, but we broke, to embrace our fate and set us free. Keep our eyes and our hearts fixed on you this Advent and always. Amen.